What's up, Cubs? Welcome to Cheer Up, Babe. I'm your host, VJ Julio. This is episode nine. Wow, just skyrocketing in those numbers. You know, we're almost in the double digits. Speaking of the double digits, here's some news. Episode 10. Here's how I'm going to handle it. We are going to do the first 15 minutes of the podcast on episode 10 is going to be a live video AMA question thing with my TikTok audience. And is that a horrible idea? Of course. Of course, because I'm going to get probably get four people that actually listen to the podcast that actually have decent questions, and then I'm going to get a slew of 14-year-olds who I'm going to want to argue with. And they're going to be like, hey, what's your political affiliation? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Why do you want Why do you want to know that? Why do you want to know that, Aiden? Why is it so important to you, Aiden? But that's what I'm going to do, because I feel like it's a win-win. Live for 15 minutes every 10th episode, that's the game. That's the game plan. Even if it's the worst mistake I make on this podcast, going live on TikTok to just talk to 50% of them being the worst people ever, I think it's a win-win. Because if it's a disaster and I end up fighting with people on the live, that'll be so hilarious that that's just good content. And that's what I'm here to bring you. I'm here to bring you happy, fun content. And if it goes really, really well and I actually get, I don't, I don't see, let's, let's just be honest. It's not going to go well. It's going to go really, really bad. And, and for Aiden, who wants to know my political affiliation, let here, how about this? How about this, Aiden? I try to make everyone like me like a Democrat and I have the superiority complex of a Republican. Welcome to cheer up, babe. Uh, oh, um, shit. Yeah. Hey, um, it's a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. You like that shit? It was that violently too aggressive for a podcast intro song. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I'm going to do this new thing where until I get someone to reach out to me and make me a professional song intro about this podcast, cheer up, babe, because the Cubs deserve the best. I'm going to do a random garage band upload for every intro until that happens. And that might mean that we're doing horrible garage band intros forever. So if you'd like to mix and mash shit on your keyboard, hey, make me an intro. Will I pay you? No. But I'll give you, you know, free shout outs on the podcast. There's no there's no limit to what I'll promote on here. You know, if you make me something, you're a cub. You're in it. You're in it to win it. You're in it for the team. You're in it. For, you're, you're in it for the long haul. And I love you. And you're a part of it. But we just let's just get into some stuff. We got we just uh, got back from a vacation. We flew back to Idaho. And that's right. I was raised in southeast Idaho. You might have had this idea of me, and you're probably like, ah, I don't know, he's a little bit off. Maybe he was raised in Idaho. Good call, because I was. I was raised in southeast Idaho. But now, the family moved up to north Idaho, the actual pretty part, but I didn't get to experience that in my childhood. I got to live in the desert, in the farms, and I got to learn how to grow potatoes. But we just went back to north Idaho, where it's beautiful and mountainous and everything, and Took our first airplane trip with the baby girl, player one, and uh, she crushed it. She absolutely crushed it. We flew we flew out of Minneapolis and there to uh, 
and flying from there to Spokane, Washington is like a two hour and 45 minute flight. And the mama and I were having a full blown fucking meltdown heart attack about how it was going to go. We're like, are we going to have that? Are we going to be those people? Are we going to be the people that bring a six month old on the plane? And then she screams the whole time. And we're having a full blown fucking panic attack about that. We walk onto the plane. Okay. First of all, Baby girl's doing great in the airport. Look at all the people. Look at all the stimulation. Wonderful. Excellent experience. Everyone's got masks on, so she's already disassociating faces, which is great. Thank you. And so we walk onto the plane, and there's a baby screaming on the plane when we walk on. And I was like, fuck yeah. Awesome. That's that's exactly the boost that mom and I needed. We needed the boost of another screaming baby on the plane. We were still in the aisle. We had just walked maybe three rows past the screaming baby. And I turn over my shoulder and I say, hey, she doesn't have to be perfect on this flight. She just has to be better than that baby. And she was. She was fucking awesome. The whole flight. Like we just, she napped for a little while. We found out that turbulence Uh, kept her to sleep so when the plane would hit smooth air and she was napping she'd start to wake up and Jordan would just kind of start bouncing around in her seat and it was hilarious you know that Ace Ventura scene where he's driving down the jungle is like in Ace Ventura the second one Ace Ventura when nature calls and he goes to like kill the white bat or save the white bat or whatever the fuck it is and he's driving down the paved road but he's like rocking and bouncing that's what my wife looked like on the airplane and I'll upload a video of that onto the cheer up babe podcast Instagram because it's so fucking funny and I didn't even realize she was doing it I was just kind of I was like all right she's napping you know I'm, I'm just gonna watch this TV on the back of the Delta flight what should I watch how about drunk parents how about something that is only available on a fucking Delta flight how about I watch drunk parents actually what I did watch was Jojo Rabbit and that shit was so fucking funny it's a wrong movie like we can agree like poking fun about Hitler actually being funny and the comedic side of the Germans when they were gassing the Jews. That's not funny. This movie made the narrative funny and it was impressive because they also did it in a satirical sort of way. If you haven't watched Jojo Rabbit, watch Jojo Rabbit. It's just a fucking great movie. Obviously, in the end, everything kind of comes to fruition and gets shown the bad ways and the main character learned something, right? Obviously, you can't just have a movie that's talking about the golden boy children, blonde hair, blue eyed, who you know I would, I'm Hitler's wet dream. Have you seen my eyebrows? Have you seen how white my eyebrows are? If I was born back in the day and I was in Nazi Germany, they would have been like, put him on a poster. (laughs) Because, Because I have the blondest hair And the bluest eyes, even though I always wear a hat and for some reason people think I'm ginger, I don't, that doesn't make sense to me. But Hitler would have been like, das him. Is that a German accent? Das him. Is that German or is that Japanese? Hold on, let me, let me find my German accent real fast. Nein, 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 das him, das him. I feel like it's still a little bit, a little bit Asian, but whatever. Like I said, whitest person. I just said it. I just said that I'm the whitest person ever. And I would have been on the poster of those for sure. But they, if they would have made a movie that was just about that, and then they poked fun at the horribleness of what Nazi Germany was, and then they just ended the movie like, 
Here's what they did. <laughs> Credits? Probably wouldn't have been a great movie. I'm just speaking lightly on it. Uh, if I had to guess, probably would have got low stars. Bad reviews. It's 2021, but it's a great fucking movie. It's so good. The comedy is so fucking on point. Like there's so there's there's so many like flash comedy moments where like Rebel Wilson, which it's like, what movie is Rebel Wilson not in right now? It's like, baby, just you you're in everything. And even when hey Rebel, I think I just saw you in a porn last week. What the fuck are we doing? Like you're everywhere. You're everywhere. I can't tell, but this is definitely gonna be a VJ bounces around type of episode because I work today, it's 8.30 at night, and I just drank an entire bang energy drink in order to have energy for the podcast. So if you're feeling the energy and you're like, whoa, I apologize, but it's root beer flavored bang's fault that my mom brought me. My mom's here, and it's fucking awesome. Grandma gets to hang out with the baby girl, and we get to kick it for a week, and she's going to be making us yummy foods, and it's going to be awesome. But she also introduced me to root beer bang, and I was like, well, that's better than A&W root beer. So blame that on the manic energy of this episode and just come along for the ride, you know, sit. I hope you're, I hope you lock the kids in the closet. If this is your first time listening to the episode, that's how it goes. That's the rules. I make up the rules and this is my podcast and that's the rules. Rule number one, if you have kids, put them in a closet. They'll be fine for an hour. This is your time. Hey, No, you don't want to talk to anyone right now. Are you in the room with another person who might want to start up conversation right now? I need you to turn to him and then you say, hey, I don't want to talk right now. Yeah, I don't want to talk right now. Say that. Say, yeah, I don't want to talk right now. And they'll be like, I didn't even say anything and be like, what did I just fucking say? What did I just say? I need you to put a super cozy hoodie on. I need you to sit down, lock the clids in the clock, lock the clids, lock the the super close to a sexual word, lock the kids in the closet and tell whoever you're with, if it's your dog, yeah, I don't want to talk right now because you're listening to Cheer Up, Babe, and it's time for your hour. It's time for your decompression hour, and we're going to have fun, and we're going to have some giggles, and we're going to have a good time. So we're flying on the airplane. My wife's bouncing around in the seat next to me, and I just kind of looked over, and I was like, is she mocking turbulence right now? Is that what we're... All right, cool. That's what we're doing. I like it. I like it. Roll with it. You get it. Because guess what? Kept her asleep for another 20 minutes. And then when she was awake, it was just kind of like, bounce her around. Here's a toy. The, the flight attendants loved her. But we had an awesome experience. We had a two-hour and 45-minute flight. And she did so good for two hours and 41 minutes. We were obviously having a panic attack, so we really didn't want to be the people that brought the baby on the plane and she would cry, right? So if she got a little fussy, we would pop a bottle in her mouth. Be like, here you go. Eat up. Nom, 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 nom. She had a bottle in. This is our bad. She had a bottle in the airport. She had a bottle during takeoff. And she had a bottle when it was time for the descent. And I don't know if you know much about feeding a child, but three bottles in three hours is too much. So we start our descent and the plane is, I, I don't know what the pilot was doing. It's like he was just kind of like, you know what's a good idea? Let's just shut the plane off and then we'll turn it right back on. And then we'll shut the plane off and we'll turn it right back on. We would like, it was like we would free fall for 15 feet and then catch air again and then free fall and then catch air again. There was no casual descent. It was like, whoa, 
Oh, so much so that Jordan and I look at each other and we're like, Jesus, this is a lot, but I have Gracie, we're chilling, you know, but she's getting a little bit like I'm, she's laying down in my arms and I have the bottle in her mouth. Right. And she gets like the, the push up position. She's like grabbing my shirt. She's like, I want to sit up. So I sit her up. I'm like, it's fine. We got four minutes. Even if she starts screaming right now, who cares? We're on the descent. We're, we're, we're about to hit the runway. And she was feeling the walls in her belly too. And she puked all three bottles all over her dad. So that was fun. She puked more than I've ever seen an adult puke all over her dad. I made sure that I like I had a blanket and it was from my neck down to my knees drenched soaked and we were like deboarding the plane like we 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 told one of the flight attendants we were like hey she puked and they were like that's fine she was such a good baby the whole time we don't even care didn't have to listen to her scream we like her and i was just like well that was fucking lucky so what do you do to the screamers you just put the baby on the floor and just be like hey crawl around a little bit wipe that up is that what you do for the screaming babies because what would happen if she would have been screaming but they were like she was they, that was the comment she, they were like she was such a good baby the whole flight it's not even a problem we have a little cleaning crew because there was there was some of it naturally dripped off of my lap and onto the floor you know so she so i stand up i'm soaked baby girl is soaked in puke and I go walking out ahead of Jordan. I have her, Jordan has the carry on slash diaper bag and she's following me. And I'm like, we, I got to get out of this enclosed space cause I'm covered in baby puke. I want to get away from people cause I smell like sour milk. Get me out of here. So I'm like striding out, you know, and I'm like, I, I, I get out of the plane and you know how the pilot like stands there and goes like, I'm the one who got you here safely. Hey, thanks for dropping the plane 15 feet at a time, my guy. I'm just kidding. He did fine. But I hear one of the flight attendants stop Jordan and go like, she did such a good job. And I'm like 10 feet ahead. I'm like, hey, baby gorgeous, not a time to talk to the pilot and the flight attendant because it soaked through my underwear. It soaked through my sweats through my underwear and my butt is soaked in baby puke so if we could get moving real quick that'd be great that'd be wonderful but I'm like I don't want to leave her in the dust right so I'm kind of like waiting in that little between in that little connector hall between the airplane and the airport where it's a 75 degree difference from inside the plane and inside the building so I'm just kind of waiting there and I overhear her be like it was her first flight and then the flight attendant goes does she want a picture with the pilot hey no i do but also i don't the last thing i want is that so so but you know good mom good wife was like sorry they're covered in puke we gotta go she was really polite about it but we dip on out of there so we get in the car we get all of baby girl's clothes off Put her in her car seat. So she's just rocking in the car seat in her fresh diaper. And dad is just drying out. Just drying out in the back of the car. That was fun. That was fun. My parents picked me up and they were just like, I couldn't even give them a hug. Because I'm like, you want to smell like baby vomit? No, you don't. 
haven't seen you in a while, would love a hug, can't hug you. Don't hug me. And I'm just sitting in the back of the car. We're talking on the way. It was like a 40-minute, 45-minute drive to the house. And I'm just drying out. So car smelled good. I felt clean. It was awesome. But in all honesty, she, she did a really, really good job. Got to spend a week with the with the fam. Got to spend a week with the little brothers. It was a good time. Now, let me just lay down the scenario of, of, of what my family d- dynamic is like. Two little brothers. Two significantly younger brothers because I was raised in my dad's house. It's all competition. Everything's competition. I don't think that we had a single activity that wasn't surrounded around the fact of point scoring and game winning. And that was my entire environment growing up. And I'm st- I still got it, baby. I just got to say, I still got it. Whether it's playing fucking cornhole outside and dad and I are just sweeping the little brothers that haven't lost a game in like three years. Yeah. And if you want to guess if they're good losers, they're not. Because one of the rules about being a hyper being in a hyper competitive family is when it's against your family, it's more important than anything else. So we're playing cornhole outside. Dad and I do a six game sweep in cornhole. They haven't lost a game together in, in years. And they lost six in a row. One of them was a skunk. First of all, Boone and Gunner suck my ass. Pretty sure I told you that. Did Boone throw a fit? Of course he did. Middle child. You remember Boone? From episode seven? Dogs for life? (laughs) Did he throw a fit when he lost game three? Of course he did. Did he drown his sorrows in Corona? Of course he did. (laughs) And then he went on to lose three more games in a row. So suck it. And then... Dad's favorite thing is when we're all like hanging out at night. It's like, let's turn on the Wii. Let's turn on Wii Sports. Let's do some bowling. Let's play some Frisbee with the dogs on the Wii. Let's play some basketball, three-point shooter, and it's got to be hours of competition. I got more hours of competition in this week than the last four years of my life, which was good, which was good. I needed the testosterone boots. And I also needed my little brothers to know that I'm still the superior being. Mission accomplished. Because they're getting big. And they're getting their own successes. Boone's wrestling in college. Gunner is a three-time state champion in high school. Now, it's a wrestling family. So did I put the boots to him a little bit throughout the week? Of course I did. Because it's just, just all about asserting dominance and letting them know, no matter how big they get, I'm always going to be the big brother, babe. Now, flip that. I'm raising a little girl. Did I ever expect to? be a girl dad of course not I always envisioned raising a boy and then as I've talked about before the second she came out I knew I was never supposed to be anything other than a girl dad paint my nails if she ends up being a tomboy that's great but I hope that she girls the fuck out a little bit and I get my nails painted every now and then it's just it just is what it is I know I was talking about the tattoos in episode seven right we were going to get the brother tattoos and I said that I didn't want to sing and I wanted to make it fun. Did we make it did we make it fun and not get a saying? No. We got a saying and it wasn't silly. It was serious. And it's actually something that's actually kind of spiritual to us and actually had deep meaning to where I was like, I'm not even gonna talk about this on the podcast. I'm not even gonna talk about it. Cause like this is so it was so personal that it's not up for anybody else's interpretation. I the second boon Dogs for Life was the one that fucking came up with it. 
We got Centismo de Gaida on our bodies. It means Dime of Guidance, and that's the only thing you need to know about it because that is so personal to the heart that it's not even up for your interpretation. It's not even up. And it, when when Boone said it, I was like, okay, tear to my eye. Yep, it has to do with our grandpa. It's amazing, and I love it. Let's talk about getting the tattoos, though. I will tell the story of the tattoo that I wanted to get, but let's talk about the tattoos. Now, Gunner, he's 16. But this is his second tattoo. Because we just get tats, babe. That's what we do. We get tats. Are we going to regret them later? <laughs> no. Because we don't regret, regret decisions. We just grow into better people. And they're just reminders. They're just reminders. That's all it is. I'm, I'll ink my whole fucking body tomorrow. I don't even care. Because five years from now, I'm going to be like, that's all right. That's who I was then. This is who I am now. It's fine. I love it. But there's no way I'm regretting this tattoo. Because the meaning is... Close to the heart, but we were we we go and get the tattoo. By the way, if you live in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, go to JoJo's because the guy who runs that is the one who did our tattoos, and he's hands down the coolest human being of all time. Now we got the tattoos. We were picking. We were deciding on like the layout, and I'm the type of guy like I never wanted a really a body tattoo, like something on my trunk, like on my chest or on my trunk. Both of my brothers have chest tattoos, like on one peck, and I was just like, nah, I just never really want that. But we were talking, and it's like, let's get it on our ribs. Boone got his on his shoulder because he's planning on getting a sleeve. And he wants to incorporate it. And I was like, that's fine. <coughs> but Gunner's like, what about the ribs? And I was like, okay, <laughs> all right, big boy. You know how bad it hurts on your ribs? And he was like, does it hurt really bad? And I was like, it's the second most painful spot on your body. And he's like, what's the first? And I was like, here the foot is. I don't have a tattoo on my foot because I'm not a girl who was born in 1993. And that is what it is. But I was like, all right, dude, let's get let's let's get him on our ribs. Boone's going to get his on his shoulder. That's fine. Let's get it on our ribs. And he was like, okay. I was like, I'll go first. And he was like, all right. Now, I knew it was going to hurt, but I also knew that if I made a face, it was over. Gunner's going to pull out and I don't want my brother to get in the habit of pulling out <laughs> or maybe, <laughs> or maybe, or maybe he should get in a big habit of pulling out, but that's beside the point. I didn't, <laughs> I just knew that if I made a face, he was already sweating. He's already pacing, panicking while I'm getting my tattoo, but I'm just like, I'm laying on the table, got my arm above my head and I'm just having a casual conversation about Jojo. He's telling me his life story. I loved it. Super interesting guy. Like I said, if you're living Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, go to jet, go to Jojo's and ask for Jojo. Cause that dude is sick. He's a Polynesian dude. He's, and he said that about himself. He's like, I am Pinoy. And like, he was telling us a story about this guy I was like, Oh, I thought you were a Japanese. And he's like, Pinoy. And I was like, that's what Pinoy is. I didn't know that that's what Pinoy was. Like I said, white eyebrows, whitest person of all time. But I'm just talking to Jojo, getting my tattoo done on the ribs, and it hurt like a motherfucker, and I was sweating everywhere, but I didn't show it once on my face. I didn't tense up my fists. I didn't clench anything. I just made sure that I was calm, collected, and casual because Gunner was next. (laughs) Now, I stood up when I was done, and Gunner is getting ready to go next. And I walk over to Boone. And he's like, that didn't look bad. And I was like, Gunner's fucked. And he was like, oh. And I was like, Gunner's fucked. He has no idea. Now, I'm I'm a little bit of a masochist. I enjoy tattoos. I enjoy that pain. Gunner's not, Gunner wasn't ready for it. Gunner wasn't ready for it. We're like three minutes in and he's holding his hand out for me to hold it like he's giving birth. And did I? Of course, because good big brother. 
Did I also record it and make fun of him? Of course, because good big brother. But he's, I'm holding, I'm holding this. He's biting his shirt and holding my hand where it's like, hey, if you can't handle getting a tattoo on your ribs, you're not allowed to get a tattoo. But he actually did really good. His skin soaked it up like butter because he's a golden god. So it took literally half the time of my old ass fucking dehydrated skin. And he did good. And and Boone got his shoulder one. He crushed it. They all look fantastic. JoJo does great work. And I'm really, really happy about it. Now let's talk about the tattoo I wanted to get. <laughs> that they were just like, I don't want that on my body. And I was like, lame. Lame. With the serious tattoos and shit. Let's get some fun shit. Because this is fun. But they're in a different stage of their life. So I understood. I wanted to get... An Iron Man bobblehead tattoo with the where Iron Man is holding a steak knife. That's what I wanted to get. I wanted to get that on the front of my leg. An Iron Man bobblehead tattoo. And the Iron Man bobblehead is holding a steak knife. Right now, I know that your eyebrows are a little bit closer together than they were about 45 seconds ago. Your eyebrows have a look of concern. And you might have even mouthed the words, the fuck? I get it. I get it. But let me tell you why. Here's my favorite story. Here's my, f- here's my favorite big brother story that involved both of my brothers. I think I was 18, Boone was 11, and Gunner was 7. And if I'm off on those ages, I'm off by like one year. So picture that, okay? We got the 18-year-old, we got the 11-year-old, and we got the 7-year-old. I actually am a year off. I was 17, Boone was 10, and Gunner was 6. That's right. So first thing you need to know is we don't take family vacations. Every single dime of vacation money or anything like that since we were born has been spent on taking us around on to wrestling tournaments. Big regional wrestling tournaments, national wrestling tournaments. That's what our money was spent on. It was spent on traveling and hotels for wrestling tournaments. That's just how that's just that's in the blood, baby. That's what we do. So we didn't really ever have vacations. So It's finally vacation time for the first time in my life. First time I went to Disneyland was when I was 17 years old. Let me tell you something. Tinkerbell could get it, but that's beside the point. Boone had saved up a lot of money for spending cash. He had saved up his allowances for spending cash at Disneyland because it's like, hey, there's a high percent chance that this is the only family vacation that's not surrounded by a wrestling tournament that I ever get to experience. So he had saved up a bunch of cash and he spent, I think it was like $65 on this Iron Man bobblehead that was about a foot and a half tall. It was huge. Was it overpriced? It's Disneyland. I knew that and I'd never been there before. Everything's overpriced. I think I bought a hot dog for $9 and a pickle for seven. Like I bought a giant pickle for $7. I didn't spend my money wisely. Boone bought one thing that he loved and cherished. Now it's the week after Disneyland trip. We're back at the house. There, the boys are at the age where Boone is beating up on Gunner. Gunner's six. He can take it a little bit more now. So Boone likes to pick on Gunner. He's also a lot bigger than him at this point. So he gets to shove him around and wrestle him and just assert that older brother dominance like we all do as big brothers. And Gunner is in that age where he is understanding the power dynamic and he doesn't know how to control his emotions. Now, were his emotions so out of control that he could be deemed as a little bit sociopathic? Yeah, he got that little kid rage. You know, when you see those kids, like they're just like so pent up with energy. You've probably experienced it. You know, when your mom would scream at you in front of your friends and send you to your room and you're just in the room like, (laughs) you know. 
that whole thing that you yeah you can't see my face but you know fucking exactly what i'm doing are my fish clenched are my fists clenched of course they are am i flexing it is my face turning red and my neck veins popping out of course they are so that's where boone would get gunner and that's when as a family we just stopped it we were just like okay that's enough and boone would get off but his entire goal every time he put hands on Gunner was to get him to that rage point. I'm babysitting or I get babysitting, whatever. I'm watching my little brothers. We, the way our living room is set up, think of it like an obtuse angle of two couches. I'm on the big three cushion couch and there's a love seat to my right where Boone is shoving Gunner's face into the corner of the, of the couch. And there, you know, Gunner's trying to fight back and then Boone gets Gunner to that point. Right. And I go, that's enough. Boone steps off and he's smirking at Gunner and Gunner's like <sighs> doing the rage thing. And I'm like, relax. And Gunner walks off and behind the living room. It's kind of like a circle is the kitchen. There's like a thing looking out over the kitchen where you can see into the living room. It's one of those. So he walks around the corner back to the kitchen and I'm looking at my phone and I hear, whoa, 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 from Boone. And I look up, and Boone is backpedaling in front of me, in front of the TV, and Gunner is coming at him, just striding out, not running, just big, long, marching strides, holding two steak knives up by his ears, blades pointed at Boone. And I'm like, oh, shit, like, it's never escalated to this. It was either a great thing that mom and dad are home, or it's a really bad thing that mom and dad are home. And I jump over the coffee table, and I grab Gunner's wrists, and I extend him up over his head, take the steak knives out of his hands, and I walk him over to the bedroom, and I throw his ass into the into their bedroom and, clo- er, and close the door. Now, the bedroom, Boone and Gunner shared. So there's both of their things in the bedroom. Gunner, and I'm like sitting there holding the handle because obviously Gunner's raging out. He tried to leave the bedroom immediately. I was just like through the door. You need to calm down, dude. You need to calm down. So he gave up trying to get out of the door. So he's just in his room raging the fuck out for about 15 minutes. And then it got quiet. And I was like, all right, he's probably laying down. He's probably, it was those rage screams where you could tell he's like screaming into a pillow and he's screaming out of the door. I hate you. And it's like, okay, valid, valid little brothers. You know, they'll say that from time to time. And it's about 15 minutes of that. And then about 15 minutes of silence, so much silence that Boone is on his iPod touch and I'm watching TV and the entire energy of the moment has died completely. I think Gunner's asleep in the bedroom. Boone's on that love seat over on the right and I'm on the big couch with the TV right in front of me and I'm just watching TV. The bedroom door is off to the left of me. I hear the bedroom door open. It's been about 30 minutes since the knife incident. <laughs> and keep in mind, Gunner's six years old, and he's holding the $65 beloved, cherished Iron Man bobblehead of Boone's. Did Boone see it? No, because he's playing on his iPod Touch, probably playing Flappy Bird or some shit. And he's looking down, and he's kind of reclined back into the couch. He's not in a good pouncing position to spring to action and gunner is holding the iron man bobblehead to his chest and i see gunner walk out of the room from the left and cross in front of me 
just looking at Boone, he was walking slow, like this motherfucker doesn't know what's about to happen. And I'm I'm just like, oh shit. <laughs> I'm kind of like, don't make a noise. Let's see how this plays out. <laughs> don't say anything. Let's see what happens. This might be good. Gunner walks up to Boone, and now he's six inches away from Boone's legs. Boone looks up from the iPod touch and goes, hey, and he freezes because he knows he doesn't have time to react. He's reclined. He's caught slipping. He can't move quick enough to make a move before Gunner does whatever Gunner's going to do. Gunner hasn't said a word. He's just standing there creepily in front of Boone, giving him that like chin down, looking through his eyebrows into Boone's face. And Boone's like, hands are in the shocked position up by his chest. And he's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And Gunner grabs the head of the bobblehead and pulls it off. And it was so fucking funny. Like a movie sound effect, the spring went and and shot off and bounced off the wall in the corner. It was like ting, and Boone goes made that sound. And Gunner drops the Iron Man bobblehead at Boone's feet. Goes, hope you didn't want that. And walked back into the fucking room slow, like a boss, like he's not scared at all. Closes the door and just leaves us in the living room with that entire experience of what just fucking happened. Boone's like. On his, <laughs> Boone's like on his knees over the Iron Man bobblehead. Like he just watched something die. And he's like, ah. remember he saved up for months to be able to afford something at Disneyland. And that's what he bought. And he goes, ah. Ah. and then it turned into anger. And he goes, ah. like he's going to go kick Gunner's chest through his back. And I'm like, nope. And Boone's like, what? And I was like, nope. Sit down. Like, you got him there. Your fault. And Boone just didn't have an Iron Man bobblehead anymore. So I wanted to get an Iron Man bobblehead tattoo where Iron Man's holding a steak knife. And I want the bobblehead to be, or I want the head of the bobblehead to be separate from the body and a spring shooting off in the other direction. That's the tattoo I wanted to get. And they said no. And I was like, that's the best, though. That's my favorite. You know what? Fuck it. Here's the deal. Ugh just think about this i um i don't even know if i want to say it because i'm a man of my word um if by the time i'm recording episode 11 of this podcast if this podcast has a hundred five-star reviews i'll go get that fucking tattoo by myself fuck it baby this is cheer up babe we do things like i said i shoot from the hip I shoot from the hip and it's going pretty fucking well for me so far. So if this podcast gets a hundred five-star reviews by the time that I record episode 11, I'll go get that tattooed on my leg and my, and they just won't be involved. I'll just have it for myself. And that's fucking crazy because I'm a 28 year old father and I'm just going to get that tattooed on my leg. (laughs) Oh man. I do love getting together with the fam though. Like my brothers and I have a, we have we have some good conversations. One one of the things that we talked about when I was there, it started off with Gunner going, "Do you think the Rock takes steroids?" And I was like, "Yeah, like, of course he does. Like, is there any way to know for sure? No, but does he? A hundred percent. Now, can I say that 
with 100% certainty? Of course not, because I literally have no idea. But does he? Yeah, obviously he does. But I don't know for sure, but yes. And he was like, oh. And I was like, you know that that's not bad, right? Like, you understand that that's not a bad thing for him to do, right? And he was like, what do you mean? Because we have really good genetics in our family. So when I was coming up, the steroids comment was constant. Like the the jumps that I made in weights going up through high school, everyone claimed that that's what I was doing. And really, it was just genetics kicking in, and I really, really love to work out. But I always got that comment. But my whole my whole mentality with steroids was if you're competing in something, it's 100% cheating. If you are an athlete and you take some sort of performance enhancer, it's cheating 100%. And you're a piece of shit. But if you're just some dude who's never going to compete in anything, who needs to build the aesthetic, The Rock, fucking the way he like had to do the Hobbs and Shaw shit and he had to be Hercules where it's like, let's be the biggest human on the fucking planet. But then he had to turn around and just play normal parts. Like, I know this doesn't fit the timeline, but he was in the Disney Tooth Fairy. You remember that? Like, doesn't have to be an absolute brick shithouse Hercules type of person for that. And he's also old. He's not in his fucking 20s where his testosterone is at its peak and he can just kind of bounce his body around. He's he's older. So in order to make drastic changes like that and you have like four months to prep for a movie role, why the fuck wouldn't you? He's also probably surrounded by like the best doctors of all time. If you're just a dude, why the fuck not? Now, as when I was an athlete, all steroids, like I understand where Gunners come from. All steroids, completely off the table. Fuck that gross. Like you're a cheater, you're a piece of shit. You, you shouldn't be taking anything. Like I thought creatine was sketchy when I was coming up. I was like, I don't even want to take creatine because I didn't have a like real vast understanding on what supplements are. And I didn't want anyone to ever be able to say that I cheated. I didn't want anyone to be, ever be able to say that. And when you know that that's how you vibe, when people do claim you're on steroids, it's a good fucking feeling. You're kind of like, yeah, you can think that all you want. Because I know that I'm not, and I'm still whooping that ass. But now, as an adult who doesn't, like, compete in athletics, when I hit fucking 45 and my abs go away, I'm going to be juicing. <laughs> There's, if my testosterone drops off, and I can't just not eat sugar for a week and be shredded as fuck, I'm going to juice immediately. But I'm having this conversation, like, you know that's not bad for him to do, right? He's not an athlete. Who gives a shit? If he's taking steroids and he's like, oh, oh, I have this buddy who's in fucking high school, who's on SARMs, where it's like, dude, you're a kid. You shouldn't be pumping anything into your fucking system right now. Your body is not even close to peaking, let alone being done growing. The Anything you put in your fucking system right now is just going to fuck you up. And also, you cheater. You're a cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater, had a wife and couldn't keep her. I haven't said that in like a decade and cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater, had a wife and couldn't keep her is obviously a statement on the fact that he just fucked other women. So I didn't really think about that until this very moment. And now we all know that. Remember that? Remember that saying? But if you ever see me out and about, just know if I'm under 45, clean as a whistle, always been clean as a whistle. If I'm over 45, I'm a fucking juiced up brick shit house, And it is what it is. Cause it's like, who? F- 
it's when it's when you're it's when you take away the sanctity of athletics and competition that you're a real piece of shit. Like, oh, you're not good enough to work hard and actually be good in whatever endeavor you're trying to do. You're just gonna cheat. How you do one thing is how you do everything, babe. How you do one thing is how you do everything. But yeah, I mean, I worked at fucking Complete Nutrition when I was in college, and I saw like so many guys coming through, and I got the like. Is there any like hardcore shit? And I'm like, I fucking don't know, dude. I'm uh, they hired me as a college kid who can sell you a tub of protein. I don't fucking know. I have a big neck. So they were like, here's the job. And I was like, thanks. I guess I'll bullshit my way through it. Which did I? Of course I did. Personality wins. Did I have any fucking idea what I was talking about? No. Do 90% of the people that you see working at GNC have any fucking idea what they're talking about? No. And if you work at GNC right now and you're pissed off that I said that I don't know you know what the fuck you're talking about, go take another steroid. I'm just playing. Don't at me, Brad. All right? It's fine. I understand that you're pissed off that you can't have kids anymore, but it is what it is. I didn't even like... I saw more like steroids and stuff like as I got into like college athletics. Like I had a fucking roommate who was taking steroids my f- second year of college, except he just didn't work out. So he was just taking stuff and getting a little bit fatter. That's the thing. They're not like a m- miracle thing. Like the people that you see are, that are fucking jacked and that are on steroids, they'd still be fucking jacked. I'm pretty sure that steroids just fast pace the fucking process because I watched my roommate take steroids and just stay fat. And I was like, so it's just a money dump then? Okay. I also did have a buddy who I grew up with from the time that we were like four years old who took steroids the second he fucking graduated high school. We were sitting at graduation. He turned his tassel over his fucking head and he started a cycle (laughs) and my my mindset then was like fuck what the fuck for and he was also the first person that ever showed me porn so there's a little fun fact for you (laughs) hanging out at his house his his family's vacations were like vegas all the time and he was the first person who ever showed me a pair of titties on a card that he picked up off of the street in Las Vegas. We went from watching Nitro Circus to here's some porn cards that you can just have. And I was like, well, time to enter this phase of my life. And we just live and we learn. <laughs> I haven't talked to that guy in a while. I hope he's doing okay. We were we were good buddies. We were good buddies, but I left. And so did he, and we just haven't really reconnected, but I hope he's doing good. I hope he's doing all right. I should probably check in on him, see see how everything's doing, see how everything's going, because I do miss him, man. He was one of my like best friends growing up. But I will tell you what supplement I am on right now. <laughs> you, you didn't see this fucking transition coming. CBD. <laughs> And if you think that that's just like a a transition into an ad placement, it of course 100% is, but I also 100% take CBD all the time. And And that's on fatherhood, babe. That's on the fact that I thought that I was prepared for fatherhood by being in good shape and then a little fucking 13 pound human being can make my back feel like I've been chopping down trees for four days by just carrying her around. And then I... 
And then I realized that uh, I'm, I'm a little bit inflamed. I should probably fight some inflammation. And also I should get some good lower rhythm type of supplements in my body. And I got on CBD and I only take chill wellness CBD because they're the best fucking products on the market. It's that full spectrum CBD, high quality products. They're the only CBD company that's partnered with the Arthritis Foundation. And that's super rad. I've had knee surgeries from sports and... My left knee always tells me when it's going to rain out. It's that kind of achiness. And I'm like, okay, uh, I'm 64 years old, but it's all good. 28, but I'm 64. But I take CBD, and now my knee doesn't tell me when it's going to rain. And I appreciate that. If you want to try some CBD, get some high-quality supplements. The company itself was founded on such the right type of idea. It started off with a guy wanting to help his daughter who had an arthritis diagnosis as a child, like the pain got so bad she couldn't even walk. So he started partnering with farmers to get the best products, doctors to formulate and create something that's actually going to work. They made this thing called Aspen Sav, and then that just branched out into having so many high-quality full-spectrum products that actually work. I drink the drinks all the time. I rub the sports stick on my knee before I go to work every day. I use... Aspen salve for my shoulders because I do some backbreaking work and I also carry the baby girl around. It's just super beneficial. It's super helpful. If you want to get your hands on some CBD, go to chillwellness.com. That's chill with one L. Put everything in your cart, pick out what you're going to order, and then when you're in your cart, enter promo code VJJULIO15, and you're going to get 15% off your entire order. And that's just a present from me. That's just a present from your buddy. All right, Cubs, that's for you. That's V-J-G-I-U-L-I-O-1-5. That's a promo code at checkout for 15% off your entire order, chillwellness.com. So obviously with, you know, the entire world has changed a little bit. And one of the things that has definitely, like, it hasn't affected us too much. But one thing that has definitely changed in Jordan Mind's world is that this is, oh my God, I'm following this off of an ad placement. And I realize this is going to sound like an ad at the very beginning, but it's not. It's a lead into a story. And I promise we DoorDash everything, not a DoorDash ad. It use anything you fucking want. Who gives a shit? Get your food to your house. Just order a fucking deli- a pizza with the pizza delivery guy like a normal fucking person. That's fine. This is not a DoorDash ad, but we DoorDashed five guys. And uh, after our interaction, which I'll talk about in a second, we kind of got in the topic of, isn't it crazy? Because like I was exhausted that night and she was a little bit snippy. And we were just kind of like, we weren't at each other's throats, but we weren't also being nice. It was just kind of like a rude type of thing when I got home it was just like eh, whatever like I'm tired you're tired let's just do whatever and then we had this interaction with this DoorDash delivery guy and we got in the topic of isn't it wild how like one person can make your day or break your day like how like one exchange I try not to let people like get to me but how one positive exchange can like really brighten your day and I was like yeah that's true like a negative exchange is when I flew to Idaho to pick up my truck on Spirit Airlines. Hey, Spirit, get better. Hey, Spirit, I don't care that you don't have TVs in the back of your seats. I get it. I got this flight for super cheap. But also the people you hire, get better. Treat them better so that they're not so fucking rude. Because the drastic difference between flying with Delta and flying with Spirit was astronomical. Everyone on Delta was super fucking nice. Everyone was really, really cute with my daughter. And everyone on Spirit could eat a giant bag of dicks. And the guy that I'm talking about right now 
was the fucking flight attendant on Spirit Airlines. He was a tall drink of water, and he was gay. Is there any way to know for sure if he was gay? No. But was he? 100%. How could you tell? He sounded exactly like the brother off Schitt's Creek. He sound- His inflection was so feminine that if he wasn't gay, he was gay. Like, he's calling everyone honey, but in a condescending way. You know, his hair was super quaffed, and he had a boyfriend, and that just... It just is what it is. He was a sassy gay. He was, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm going to be blunt. He's fucking rude. They obviously have a mask ordinance on the planes, right? Like it is what it is. I understand that the people that are working on the planes don't just because they have to enforce the mask law. doesn't mean that they necessarily agree or disagree. I understand that you're working for a company that gives you guidelines. You got to do whatever you got to do. I'm a polite person. I don't think it's that big of a fucking deal to wear my mask on the plane. So I just keep the mask on my plane, but there's fucking Rick three rows up from me who has to take his mask down as a form of protest. You're so fucking tough with your exposed mouth. Ooh, you're really sticking it to everyone with your cloth around your chin instead of on your nose. You're the toughest. You're super cool. It's like, dude, none of us want to wear the fucking mask on the plane but also understand that your contestantness that's not a fucking word to wearing your mask isn't making a statement you're just making these poor fucking workers who probably have been out of work for the last six months not want to do that job because you're being a dick rick so the sassy gay his like he didn't get to do any flight attendant shit He didn't get to hand out the fucking nuts. He didn't get to hand out the water. He just had to yell at people the whole fucking two-hour flight about putting their mask up. And he leaned over to Rick. Now, he wasn't wasn't taking no bullshit, okay? Sassy Pants was not standing for any bullshit. And he was like, sir. Now, listen, you're going to be like, you're... You're glossing this up a little bit. No, if it wasn't this intense, I wouldn't have claimed that he, you know... If it wasn't this intense, I wouldn't do the voice, but I'm going to do the voice. He's, sir, I've told you four times, put your mask up, understand? And I'm three rows back like, oh shit. Let's see what Rick in his sleeves cut off t-shirt with a motorcycle on the front of it has to say. Rick didn't say anything because Rick's a bitch. Rick rhymes with so many things. It's perfect. Don't be a dick, Rick. And Rick's a bitch. I know that doesn't rhyme perfectly, but it rhymes enough. I actually enjoyed watching this, but I know that Rick 100% didn't, and Rick's week was ruined, and I thought it was fucking hilarious, but I know that Rick was really upset by the flight attendant doing his fucking job. There was also also a moment on the plane where uh, this little boy, the dad just kept letting the little boy run in the aisle. And I, you know, didn't bother me. I thought it was cute. I was like, look at this little boy. Like, he's bored as shit. He just, dad's trying to let him go. And Sassy Pants was like, oh, I've literally said it through this entire flight. He needs to be on your lap or on the seat next to you. Okay? It can't happen again. And then, so that happened literally in the aisle right next to my elbow. I could have just punch the kid in the face but I didn't and so when the dad grabs the little boy and goes back sassy pants goes I literally cannot and in my mask I go 
and I make a little sound and he looks down at me and I was like, well, I don't want any of the sassy pants smoke. I'm being nice. And I just kind of nod at him. I'm like, you're doing a good job. And he was like, thank you. And I was like, you're all over the fucking place, but okay. But I know that the parents of that boy and that Rick was really, really pissed off and that ruined their day. And then we had this DoorDash order where Jordan and I are in bitchy fucking moods and the kid goes to deliver. I walk out. First off, let me just tell you what I'm wearing. I'm wearing my compression leggings that I wear under my work pants. So I'm basically wearing fucking spandex pants and I'm wearing a baggy tie dye t-shirt. Okay. I was dressed like I'm a fucking first year college girl about to make a TikTok. That's what I was dressed as. But I have this thing when DoorDash shows up, I meet him in the driveway and I say, hey man, I appreciate you. Just wanted to save you a walk. Like I'm just trying to be polite because I, I don't know, like the service industry, I've always had a really, really soft spot for. So I step out onto the porch, kid steps out of his car and I'm like, let's get this transaction over as fast as possible because I'm wearing girl pants. I grabbed the bag. I was like, hey, thank you, man. Appreciate you. And he goes, do I know you? And I'm like, oh, this isn't good. And it was also one of the situations where you don't want to start spouting off shit where they might know you on the chance that it's not any of those things and you just like it look like an arrogant asshole. So I was like, I'm not sure. Now, granted, the kid has a hat on and a mask on. The only thing I can see are his eyes and eyebrows. And I go, I don't. I'm not sure, man. And he was like, cherry berry. And I was like, nope. (laughs) And he goes, wait, are you dating Jordan? And I was like, yeah, I, I, uh, I was dating her fucking nine years ago, but I'm deeply in a loving marriage with her now. I didn't say that, but I was just like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, I worked with her at Fitness Evolution because Jordan worked at like one of the global gyms here, Fitness Evolution. And I was like, oh, shit. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. I, sh- I, I, I call out to Jordan and I was like, I was like, hey, because the, just the screen door was open. So Jordan comes out and he still has his mask on and still has his hat on. You're not going to recognize him, you know. And she goes, hey, it's me. We worked at Fitness Evolution together. And she goes, oh, like, but she's smiling and she's trying to be polite. But it's like, dude, we can't see your face. We can't fucking know who you are. And he goes, he pulls his mask down and he goes, the Asian. (laughs) Which I was like, just pull your mask down, bud. You don't have to. You don't have to put yourself in that box. Yeah. It, 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 it's a little bit sad on the one side where he's like, oh, that's how people differentiate me. Like, that's fucked up that that's in his head. But he just pulled the mask down. She would have recognized you immediately because she right when she pulled the mask down, she went, oh, Ford. His name's Ford, which is cool, which is kind of funny because Chevy's usually a name you hear. You don't really hear Ford all that time, but he's a Ford kid named he's an Asian kid named Ford. But he goes, the Asian. And she goes, oh, OK, hi, Ford. And he was like, hey, and it was just kind of like a quick little catch up. But the kid is like, I don't know, one of the top 10 nicest human beings that I've come across in the last year, just the most polite and happy person. And Jordan and I walked back in with our food after our little interaction and we're all smiles because he just picked us up like because he was nice and smiling and just happy. And we went from being bitchy little twats to 
enjoying our Five Guys burgers at the kitchen table, talking about our day. And she just goes, isn't it crazy how one person can change your mood like that? And I was like, it is. I was like, because we were. We were being salty little bitches for no reason. And literally one little five, ten minute interaction with this guy. And look at us. Cheery little fucking 16 year olds, you know? So be that person. Be that person that when you leave them, they're smiling and giggly and happy. That's who I want to try to be when I leave people. Just be the smiley, cheery. Now, granted, like I said, salty little bitch sometimes, not going to happen all the time. Sometimes you're going to walk away and go, he's a prick. And you're right. But sometimes, but I hope the most of the time that people walk away from me and they're kind of just in a better mood, regardless of if they recognize if it came from my energy or not. I hope that that's the person I am. And and we should all work on being that person a little bit more every day. Now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do some unqualified dad advice from Reddit, and it is going to be fun. Strap the fuck in. Now, you know the rules here. We're not going to pick and choose. I'm just going to pull up a title, and we're going to read it, and we're going to hop on into the subject, and we're going to shoot from the hip that how we do one thing is how we do everything, and we're going to answer some fucking advice. It might end up getting serious, or I might rip them a new asshole. Because this is cheer up, babe. That's what we do. The title of this one comes from Allison P.S. She says, fiance shaved his balls before bachelor party. Before I even read it, it's okay. Here's two things you need to know. He's probably not going to cheat on you, okay? But there will be nudity, okay? It doesn't mean that it's going to be like with a stripper or with a girl, but his balls will be exposed and he doesn't want his best friends who are at his bachelor party with him to drag him for having a hairy set of nuts, because he's painting his he's painting his husband image. If he has his dick out wakeboarding behind his buddy's boat for some sort of bro day vlog they're making to post on social media day, later, he doesn't want to get dragged for having nasty curly hairy nutsack. No one wants a nasty curly hairy nutsack. So he's just prepping for the boys. Now let's read what she actually asked. <laughs> should should I be concerned that my fiance never shaves his junk and before his bachelor party does? I don't trust this at all now. The bachelor party is in Vegas. That was going to be my one caveat is if it's in Vegas. That's not a great start. Okay. So that's all she posted. But then I read the the, the Vegas thing and that's not looking good. It's looking bad it's looking like he wants to get his balls slapped around by a stripper in vegas and you just got to decide if what happens in vegas stays in vegas or if when he's in vegas you don't stay in the house you know what i mean if what happens in vegas stays in vegas or if when he goes to vegas you don't go to the aisle you know it's it feels like it's one of those things and then if you scroll down she has a profile recap of the topics that she's brought up in the past and the title topics are partner doesn't want to have sex with me. Two, partner fucked and still follows a 19-year-old that he lied about. Three, partner says Vegas is for single people. You can't go, but he can. Four, partner shaves his balls in preparations uh, for a Vegas bachelor party. Baby gorgeous, that's a lot of red flags. And this ain't six flags. It's not more flags, more fun. It's one flag, run. Does that make sense? I would not be cool with it. So, I mean, unless this has already come to fruition, you're going to go get Brazilian waxed and go find a fireman. All right. Because firemen are good at two things, putting out fires and fucking. And it just, I don't make the rules, but go find a fireman. Next one comes from 
Tell Me It's Not Taken. The title is, I Might Fail a Class Because of My Periods. Once again, before we even get into it, let's just judge everything based off of the title. I Might Fail a Class Because of My Periods. You're probably having to leave the the classroom a lot in order to check out your tampon. It's 2021. Free bleed. Free bleed all over your teacher's floor. That way, if they don't want to give you extra time to do homework or they're giving you a hard time for having to leave in order to change out your feminine hygiene products. Which, by the way, if you're weirded out by just saying tampons and pads, you're a bitch. You don't deserve a dick. Well, okay, maybe you do deserve to have a dick, but you don't ever get to see a pussy, okay? But the actual thing she's asking, so I'm a teenage girl, and of course my periods are irregular. I get them two weeks. I got them two weeks ago, which made me miss all of my swimming PE classes. Now I have them again. My teacher, males, refuse to take having your periods as an excuse to not participate. They say that you can use tampons or swim with your periods since the blood doesn't get out while you're swimming. Okay, must be experts. Please don't tell me what type of personal hygiene product I should use. I'm only going to use what I'm comfortable with, aka pads. I have a pretty heavy flow. If I swim with my periods, it might not gush out, but blood will end up in my bikini bottoms. And we don't have close to enough changing rooms for all of us girls, so I'll probably be waiting a while. And drying up will be a fucking pain. I already had to make two reflections as a punishment for not having my clothes with me. Also, that teacher loves to say, well, you have your periods now. That means that next class, it'll be impossible to have your periods or else there's a problem, right? Wow. So your teacher who was born in 1962 is a fucking cocksucker. And this is definitely one of those instances where he obviously doesn't respect the girls in his class enough. Also, doesn't have an understanding of what it's like to be a teenage girl, probably just assuming time to get parents involved. Okay. Time to get mom and dad involved. All right. And if mom and dad aren't involved, get a cool fucking uncle involved. Make your scary uncle call the school and put down some threats. Cause that's what scary uncles are for. Because fuck that shit. Tell him you're afraid of sharks. If he gives you some bullshit thing, be like, sorry, I'm afraid of sharks and blood attract sharks. And since you're, I'm just going to have to free bleed into the fucking pool or else you're going to fail me in your class, I don't want the sharks to come. And just make direct eye contact and never break eye contact because there's so many things wrong with that statement that you're going to fry Mr. Dick Sucker's brain. That's what you're going to do. You know what? Message me and I'll call the fucking school, okay? Please say it's not taken. If you hear this, message me and I'll make a fucking phone call to the school and I'll drag Mr. Cuck through the fucking barbed wire fence of my words. Okay. Title of this one from throw this out 1023. How do I say I want a paternity test for our child? Here you go. Okay. You walk up and you go, Hey, I want a paternity test for our child. That's how you say that sentence. How do I say I want a paternity test for our child? You say the words, I want a paternity test for our child. (laughs) That one wasn't tough. I'm just kidding. But the title sounds terrible. That's the first line that I'm stumbling over for some fucking reason. The title sounds terrible. I'm not entirely certain I am correct. I'm having doubts that our baby is actually mine. To be honest, I cut the umbilical cord, watched her give birth, etc. So I have a certain attachment to the child anyway. I don't like that phrase, certain attachment to the child anyway. But I understand that you're probably just... I understand this is probably tough. So let me just finish reading. So I'd love to be there even if it wasn't. Okay. Me and her have been together four years, and when this baby was born, it had a skin tone that was neither mine nor hers. 
were uh, getting racy. We're both Caucasian, and so is the child, but it's much more tanner tone, almost Nate American, if you would. Uh, was giving you a chance getting worse as I go none of his features look anything like me I'm Irish straight pale skin red beard etc and I'm just having doubts I don't want to bring it up to her because I could be wrong and if I was it would ruin us but this feeling is killing me any advice would be appreciated first of all awkward tension over the fact that there's a vibe of the race profiling of your baby because he's looks Native American. That's the weirdest shit I've ever heard. And I'm not a doctor, but I know that super light skin and being a ginger or whatever the fuck you said is not a dominant trait. So there's a big, big chance that all of your, I don't know, bitch genetics got stomped out in the gene pool. You also didn't mention anything about the fact that you had vibes of infidelity or anything like that. Your only thing you brought up is the fact that that baby doesn't look like me, which might just be some sort of weird crisis you're going through in your brain that might be causing you to try to disassociate, but I don't like it and it's weird. But if you're that sensitive about it, just do a 23 and me, you weird fucker. I understand that. If it's a pattern in your relationship that there's been infidelity and cheating and shit like that, then okay, that makes sense. But that wasn't mentioned once. You literally just said, this baby's tanner than I am. You cut the umbilical cord. You watched her give birth. You were there for everything. But you don't think the baby's yours. And then the weird turnaround thing of, I want to be there for the baby. But at the same time, I just can't trust if it's mine. If you really love the baby unconditionally, why the fuck would it matter? You know? I'll tell you this right now, if I found out that my baby girl wasn't mine, which there's 0% chance of that, if I found that out, wouldn't matter because I'm 100% already her dad. Wouldn't even ruin her and my wife's relationship because two bonded. That's our baby. And that's that's some wild shit. I don't know if you just phrased it really bad because... You said your baby looks Native American and you're white, but you're just, I think you just have bitch ass genes that got stomped out by mom's fucking superior tan skin. Just be stoked that your baby's tan. You don't have to fucking dunk it in a tub of sunscreen before you go to the beach for five minutes. All right. Oh, you guys want to go get the mail? Let me dunk my body in a fucking tub of sunscreen so that I don't get skin cancer. Your baby doesn't have to deal with that like you do. But if you're that insecure about it, just do a 23andMe. That one aggravated me. But we're finishing on it because I... Whatever. Quick reminder, quick recap. Episode 10 next week on Friday. I'm going to do a live on TikTok at 9 o'clock at night. For the first 15, 20 minutes of the podcast, we're going to do a little AMA, and I'm definitely 100% going to fight some 13-year-olds, so hop on that if you want to get involved. That'll be fun. Also, other news coming up, I'm guest appearing on the Because I Want to Know podcast with Leslie Fear, so that's going to be super fun. Her podcast, Because I Want to Know, is extremely well done. She's an awesome interviewer. 
just her conversational skills. She's one of those people that, you know, when you talk to them, you can just tell they're smiling the entire time. You know, like they're just like talking to you through a smile. And it's so it makes their tone just like so happy. She's great at letting people talk. And the entire premise of her podcast is she interviews people that have wild lives. So she's interviewing me, the most boring person that she's ever going to have on her podcast. And here's the deal. I have a podcast where I talk about myself every week. And I'm going to be a guest on a, so I'm going to turn this bad boy into a conversation where we go back and forth because I have some questions for her. So Leslie Fear, if you're listening, first of all, super stoked to be on the episode, super stoked to be on the podcast. Also, you're interviewing the most normal person you had on there. She had like two people that left the Mormon church and they told their story. That was super intriguing. She had a mortician on there. She had a guy who professionally flies hot air balloons. She had a dude who wrote books on his like ghost hunting paranormal experiences. And then she has VJ Julio. Oh, okay. Obviously I'm going to make it fun. It's going to be a really good time. Go check out her podcast. It's called because I want to know because that's so cheeky. I love it. They're not super long episodes, so you can rip through them really easy, and it's just fun. It's just fun to hear the the conversation, and it's super intriguing, so go check that out. I'm going to be a guest on there real soon. Also, make sure you check out chillwellness.com. That's chill with one L. Use promo code VJJulio15 at checkout for 15% off your entire cart, and if you want to start a podcast like me and compete against your boy, go to anchor.fm, and you can figure it the fuck out from there that's all the tips i'm giving you at the end of this bad boy now we can take off our hoodies <sighs> we can go about our day we had an enjoyable time together thanks for stopping in oh don't forget go let your kid out of the fucking closet did you notice that the screaming stopped about 20 minutes ago i told you to be okay they're sleeping they're fine and you can turn to your significant other or your dog and just say like what was that and they'll be like what and you'll be like did you not say something? And they were like, yeah, an hour ago. And you're like, well, what the fuck was it? And if they say, I don't remember, say, then it wasn't that important in the first place. So go out there. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Oh, don't forget, if you leave me a five-star review and I get 100 by the time that I record episode 11, I'm going to go get a stupid fucking tattoo on my leg because that's what I do for the Cubs. And that's what we are. We're little teddy bear Cubs. And we have a good time. So go out there. Have a great week. And cheer up, babe.